I was uh, just talking earlier to uh, Brother Travis about, uh, about my old Bible when, before I was a preacher at my home church and uh, how excited that I would be every time I went to church. And that Bible uh, is chunk full of stuff. Everywhere you got a blank spot of uh, clear paper, I wrote down all kind of stuff, you know, just, I'm just so excited. And I was thinking about tonight being in church, you know, it's, it's just good to be in church, amen? It's just good to be here. Uh, sometimes all your head may not be here with you, especially on a Wednesday night in the middle of the week, but it's good to be in God's house. And, uh, but I thought about all the things, I got this thing on the left, so I'm going to be louder this way than that way. But I thought about all the things I wrote down, man, I just chunked everything in there. I mean, about marriage, about the home, about kids, and just, and I write out some of the whole verses. And I thought about now, my Bibles, I don't have a whole lot of that stuff in there. But, I'm, you know, I'm thankful it's gone in here. And that's where it's supposed to go. Vance Hatter used to say that uh, all the notebooks, and notebooks are good. I write stuff down, and I was a superintendent of construction for many, many years before I was a preacher. And uh, I wrote stuff down. I made notes and uh, did a lot of work for the Corps of Engineers and all. And I had to, you had to have a lot of notes and stuff like that. But I'm thankful that the Bible goes in. Amen. And I, uh, I'm going to move this over to my tie. It's uh, just not doing good here. So y'all excuse me. Um, I opted out of the Britney Spears mic. Uh, didn't have the hairdo for it. But uh, anyways, it's good to be in church tonight. Good to see you here. And I just want to tell you up front, God has helped me. God has helped me. And I am so thankful. And about the time you get to thinking that you're in pretty good shape, a lot of times you find out you're not. Trials are a good thing. I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like trouble. <laughs> I don't like people that cause trouble. I don't like it when I cause trouble. But you learn things. And so I want to, God has helped me and, and just been so gracious to me my whole life. And I just want to be a blessing tonight. I want, I'd like to help you. Now, if you want to go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, I'll share a couple of things with you right quick as you're turning. I don't know about you, but when I sit in the pew, I haven't sat in the pew much in 30 years because I've always been in the pulpit. But when I sit in the pew and listen to a preacher, and even Brother Jeremiah at times, uh, he always listened to me, and now I get to listen to him. There was always times that, you know, I didn't like what was said. I know that may sound strange to you, but... Probably there's a few out there like that that you don't always like what's said. You may not like the way it's said. You may not like the tone, the voice. You may like the way a verse is being used or something like that. But at the end of the day, sitting in a pew, I would always have to, as in the beginning, with all those notes and one of my Bibles, about four Bibles back, as a Christian, I'd have to stop and be honest and say, well, what don't you like about it? <laughs> and usually what I would not like about it was something about myself that the Bible was telling me, <laughs> but I just didn't like somebody else telling me, telling me at the moment. Sometimes, especially even my son, and he preached many times at our church being a youth pastor. And, uh, but anyway, I just thought I would just help you with that a little bit. Not that I know more than you do. By the way, God's still helping me. And I'm so thankful. Aren't you glad? Do you ever get a call from God once in a while? Isn't it good? I mean, amen. I mean, it, uh, it, it's not always a good call, but it's a call, and you know it comes from God, the, the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, the older I get, the more discernment I get when that's God talking. Amen? And uh, I had to go pick up something just before church. I had left some of my wardrobe at home, and, you know, I'm... 50 miles back up the road, an hour or so, in the traffic, you know, here in Hattiesburg, and so I had to go pick up some, something real quick, you know, and I said, do I go to Penny's or I go to Cole's? My wife is usually with me, but she was at Jeremiah's with Miley, and I said, you know, I'm just, where I need to go, I don't have enough time to go to both of them. And uh, so I think the Holy Spirit said go to Cole's. <laughs> now, that may seem strange to you, and it may not seem very spiritual to you, but as I was just fixing to pull into Penny's, and I'm not a shopper, by the way, um, I went to Kohl's. 
And I walked right in, walked right in the door. There was no crowd. I could park right next to the door. I went right in. I was in there five minutes, got what I, what I wanted. And then the lady told me how much I saved, um, like a hundred bucks that I saved on what I had. The wardrobe that I left is this suit right here. <laughs> I left the house without my suit, had it hanging on the rack. I was dealing with four grandkids at the time. So I'm just telling you, God's good, amen? Even in little things like that, you know, sometimes he's good all the time. All right, let's, let's get into the message as Brother, Miles, Brother Jeremiah says, get into it. Good to see you here on a Wednesday night. Wednesday nights can be a special service. I just encourage you. Uh, I'm not here to sting anybody. I need to be stung. But I just want to share something out of the Word of God. So I just say you give it, a, give it an open hearing, amen? God's given me something here that I believe is, that is really necessary across the ages, especially today. And so you've got to give it a chance and try to... It's like fishing, Amen? Um, you've got to have a pole and you've got to have a, a line. You don't have to have a cork, but you've got to be patient to try to fish it out. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much, dear Lord, for loving us and dear Lord, letting us know that we needed to be saved and God just making the way that we could be saved. No, Lord, tonight I pray that you'd just help us. We're, we're here at the house of God. We're, we're glad to be here, happy to be here. And, and God among friends and folks that love you. I just pray you'd help us tonight, dear Lord. I need a lot of help, and, and I don't mind asking for it. But I pray that you'd help me to be a help to these folks that are here tonight. I pray that you'd bless the service. I pray that you would just, God, just send the Holy Spirit, and God, just help me to be a blessing. And I pray that you'd bless the invitation when we get to that time. I pray that you'd even bless after we get past this moment and we go home and tomorrow and the next day and next week with these things, dear Lord, uh, that you bring out. We love you. We praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me get a swallow of this water. I don't know if it's... I never had uh, uh, allergies. Jeremiah was always bad about them. Brother Jeremiah was always bad about them. But there's something out there right now that's just giving me fits. I think it's that privet. We see here in these verses that I just read to you, give a little bit of introduction. <clears throat> we see here the authority of this message comes from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I like that already, amen? Um, <clears throat> I'm reading here out of the book. There's nothing, nothing not under His subjection. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Uh, amen? That's all power everywhere of all time. The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Amen? We're all going to be in the same boat. We'll stand there one by one. I'll, I go places with my wife. She goes with me. But you know what? I'm going to stand there all by myself. And, and I think about that a lot. It helps me a lot to think about that. I'm going to give answer of everything done in this body, whether good or bad, at the judgment. But thank God I'm going to be at the right judgment. Amen? I hope you are too. So in the Word of God here, as, as we look at this passage, we have sufficiency the sufficiency and the supremacy of God. God is God, amen? Boy, I like that. And what he puts in this book sticks. It always is and always will be. And so as we look at this passage and see the authority of it, as Paul writing here to Timothy, this message is to the preacher, Timothy, pastor. And it's to be preached to the people in verse 2. God warns of a personal demise in verse 3. He says, for the time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine. That word endure means to hold oneself up against. In other words, to stick with a sound doctrine. I want to tell you, uh, this Bible, what it says is we, whether we write it down, as it goes in our hearts, we learn it, and the Holy Spirit of God prompts us uh, throughout the course of our life and our day. Um, there's some endurance that we got to have to hold ourselves up against it. Uh, to stay with it, to bear up with it. So the Lord says here that there a time will come they'll not endure sound doctrine. You begin well, but you finish badly. 
I'm like the brother over here talking about the names in your Bibles. I've got Bibles scattered around and got some of the big name guys, some of the little, little name guys, and I've even signed a few myself. But everybody doesn't finish well. But you know what we can? We can finish well. So if you look at this and think about what's being written here, I want to preach. I don't even know if this is a word. I looked in Brother Jeremiah's office. I said, surely he's got to have a dictionary in here somewhere. Bible dictionaries, all this other stuff, but I could not. I started to ask Miss Pam, but I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of a woman that, you know, I didn't know if this was a word or not. I'd say, have you got a dictionary? <laughs> I don't have one of the phones that you can put all that stuff in and ask it questions. I want to preach on trendism. Is that a word? Some of you scholars? Okay, thank you, brother. Uh, you know, there's making words now that wasn't words when I was a kid, but they're words now. I got that word, by the way, from, from uh, Vance Habner, following the popular paths and failing to see where you're going. Vance Habner preached on that a lot. I like it. He's a folksy guy, and I like, all the guys I like are dead. And maybe I'll be dead one day, and you'll still be here, and you might like me. But I want to preach on that thought, that subject tonight, following the popular paths and failing to ask the question before you get in that path, where is this going to lead me? All sin does not happen overnight. Sometimes it's one step at a time. And sometimes those of us that, that we're, we're, we're even watching and being careful, those of us that are here tonight, we make mistakes and sometimes we don't make good judgments. I'll give you a quick illustration that will help you a lot. When I was a boy, and I'll try not to tell a lot of stories to just get this Bible in here, but I remember when I was a little boy that I got in the car with my uncle. We were going down Interstate 95 in Florida, heading south, and it was in a, uh, he called it a doodle bug, but it was an old Volkswagen, you know. And uh, we had just passed a semi. No, a semi just passed us. That's the way it was. And I remember the Volkswagen had done this number like this. You know how they do, and... And he says, watch this. And he was kind of a daredevil. And uh, I was surprised my folks even let me ride with him. So he got in behind that semi. And he says, watch this. He, took his, he got up real close, you know. I, I, you know, I was a scary kid, but uh, I, I didn't want to let everybody else know I was scared. Scary all the time. And so he gets up behind it, and he says, watch this. He takes his foot off the gas pedal. And the draft of that semi, 18-wheeler, was pulling that little doodle bug down the road a little bit. So I don't use that as an illustration tonight. Being trended, being trended right out of the will of God like that semi going down the highway, it pulls a draft behind it and it will pull you right along with it wherever it's going. Now that's, I'm illustrating trendism. When you get in the draft, and I want to tell you tonight, the world has a draft, and it'll pull you right along with it. And probably, all, probably everybody, even teenagers, have lived long enough, you've been saved very long, that, that you realize that it happened. So as we look at that and think about it, I, I want to give you two or three verses, and then we'll share the message. Second, Second Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 5 and verse 6. 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry. can't read my own writing. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? I want you to notice that word little. You know, sometimes we think that the little bit ain't enough to hurt, right? But a little bit's enough to make a difference. A little bit of salt makes a difference on my eggs when I eat eggs, amen? A little bit of pepper and stuff like that. But, but, but Paul said a little leaveneth, does what? It leavens the whole lump. I mean all of it. A little bit of a bad decision. A little bit of influence the, the wrong way. A little bit of following the trends. And buddy, I want to tell you, there are trends today. Some of you have used this statement before and said, uh, your grandfather would roll over in his grave. You ever said that? wonder what God's doing. I wonder what God's doing. Amen? He's up to date. You might say he's old-fashioned. So as we, th as we think about this, and I'm really pounding this in in the introduction about, about little. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, thank God for them, let us lay aside every weight, the pull of the draft. The world carries a draft with it. Everywhere you look at, you can't go down 49er 
without seeing a, a billboard or a sign that's advertising something, everybody looks at it. And it has an influence on what you buy and where you go and what you do. Um, media and all that. And it says, the weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. A weight is not yet a sin. That's kind of hard to kind of figure that out. But a weight, I believe, is an influence that you have in your life or something. Or something that is influencing you the wrong way. It easily beset us. And again, I'm just trying to pound this how little or how much little can be when it's the wrong little, right? So, let's go ahead and share the message with you. Trendism. First off, I want you to think about this. If you're God's people tonight, you may be here tonight, you're not saved, you may not be sure, you need to be sure. Not being sure is almost just as bad as, as being lost. Because the devil can flip you six ways from Sunday anytime he wants to when the pressure gets on enough. I encourage you to, 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 to settle it one way or the other. I had to do that. So first off, for the people of God, the directions for God's people is always forward. The direction for God's people is always forward. It's not backwards, it's forward. You have something inside of you like I do that wants to go back sometimes that wants to go backwards, that makes you want to sit down, that makes you want to agree with something that we shouldn't agree with, something that's trending, that, that, uh, that draft, if you will, of the world. Listen to these verses out of Exodus. Exodus 14, 12. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone. God's people, let us alone. That we may serve the Egyptians... For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. I got the picture. There they are. They're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, Pharaoh and his army, I mean, they're not wanting to just go bring them back. They're wanting to kill every one of them. They got, the, they got the Red Sea in front of them. They got mountains on this side. They can't go, they can't go anywhere. They're a mixed multitude. They, they, uh, they had doubters in there. They were ready to, always ready to get up and go back to Egypt. But God said, tell, told Moses, tell the people to go forward. Go forward. That may seem simple to us. That is the direction of the people of God. Always, always, always going forward the way the Bible says. And we need to understand that. We need to believe it. We need to write it down. We need to tell our kids this. Because that draft is always going to pull them the way of the world. And it's going to pull you too. Tragedies happen not just to teenagers, but to adults and even to older people too. So first notice this. The direction for God's people is always forward. If you're saved tonight and you're a child of God... Our way is forward. Our way is forward, the way of God. The Bible is not a complicated book. Amen. I can sit down and read it. I like the Ten Commandments. How about you? I still read them. God tells you dads, read them. Read them to your kids. I like that. It says when you get out of bed in the morning, when you get up, when you're walking by the way, when you're sitting down and when you lay down at night. I had to apologize to God one time back in the 80s. I used to like watching TV. And God got a hold of me. And it's just like God whispered in my ear, you know, you ought to give me at least equal time to the television. Ooh! I was sitting in my office in Atlanta, Georgia when that happened. I went down to the next room, had a bedroom in there. And I got down on my knees and I told God I was sorry. That was a very serious moment in my life. And I've done my best to do that over the years. Toward the mark, Paul said. I press toward the mark. There's a mark out there. It's called the Bible. It's the will of God. And we're to press towards it. Not casually walk to it. Not sit down. And yes, I'm really trying to make a point about this. There's a way that God wants us to go toward the mark, not away from the mark. 
We don't trend down, we trend up. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We're to trend up. I told one of the deacons out there, ushers or whatever, I don't even know everybody yet. I said, you know, uh, wouldn't it be nice all to go together? I mean, not have to say goodbye one at a time? I used to hear people say that about 30 years ago and scared me to death. You know why? I wasn't ready. I mean, you know, I hadn't done enough. I needed to do more. I would have been ashamed. We're not a child of the world. We're a, a child of God. Jesus in His prayer in John, about two or three chapters there, is a prayer. In John 17, 16, He says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Folks, we're not of the world. I know there's a part of us that's of the world, but we're not of the world. The direction for God's people is always forward. If you're always, listen, if you keep that and you make it a point, uh, hey, I'm always going to go forward. I'm not going to back up for nothing. I'm not going to back up to get along with my friends. I'm not going to back up to keep my job. Whatever it may be, I'm going forward. I love being a dad. How about you dads? Me and my wife talking about the other day. I love to hear on the phone one of the kids call me and says, Hey, Dad. It just makes me feel good. Amen? We have a responsibility as dads to continually be pointing our kids forward. We're to have a higher standard than the world. We're to have a higher standard than the world. Amen? Getting along with those that are around us and, 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 or even just, well, you know, I'm better than just the guy down the road. We, we need to work at what the book says. I'm not everything that I would like to be. I'm not everything the Bible tells me to be, but I want to be. And I'm headed that way. And I don't want to back up. I wish I could say I, I never had a moment of backing up in my life. We're to have a higher standard than the world. The Bible tells us not to be conformed to it, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. As you're hearing this preaching, you may not like my tone. And I agree with you. I don't like my looks. Amen. I got a haircut and, and uh, um, looks better than it did. Amen. It's just not everywhere. But there's a lot that you may not like about this or the moment that we're right now. But the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. You put coins in a drink machine and you push a button. When I was a kid, I'm not that old, but, uh, but when I was a kid, uh, I'm still a kid in many ways. When I was a kid in California, I remember you'd drop a dime in a Coke machine. I mean, they were pretty well together. About all you saw was Coke boxes, you know. And you opened a little door, and then you pulled out. <laughs> pulled out the sodas. And so, as you read your Bible, and as you heard, hear the Word of God taught, and you hear the Word of God preached, it goes in your ears and in your head. And you need to kind of find a neutral place for that word to go in and, and when you're in service and when you're reading the Bible and, and don't be prejudiced before you ever hear it, before you ever read it and let it go in and let it have an impact. It's, it's unlike anything you ever read. And it'll renew your mind. You know what that means? It means it'll take a black marker and mark out stuff that don't need to be there or erase it and it will highlight things that need to be there. I got saved by the Word of God, Amen. And uh, I wanted to be the father uh, that the, the Bible told me. As I told you earlier, man, I, could, I had places all over the Bible back and forth in my old Bible that I've still got at the house, and I wrote down all kinds of stuff. I didn't want to forget it. It moved my heart when I heard it. Yeah. We're to have a higher standard than the world. 2 Corinthians 6.3, and I'll move quickly. 
giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. If you're saved, you're a child of God. You represent God. You belong to God. He bought us. He paid the debt we couldn't pay. We belong to God. We're to have a higher standard than the world. Don't give an offense to the ministry. Ephesians 5.3, But fornication, all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. You say, boy, that don't leave much wiggling room. And there's nobody here that don't make mistakes, okay? I make them. I get crossways with my wife sometimes. And boy, I want to tell you, we can have some good discussions. And uh, sometimes she even thinks she ought to win. <laughs> boy, that messes with a man, don't it? <laughs> no, I love my wife. I, I'm, I'm not as they called back in the 70s or 80s, I can't remember so far back, a chauvinist pig. But it says, let it not once be named among you. What's God saying here? God's saying that the way of my people is forward. Don't let it once be named among you. That shows the task that we got to hand. We got to be prepared. We got to be careful. We got to be sober. We got to be vigilant. Why? Because we belong to God. We're going to heaven. I'm going to live forever. I don't know what I'm going to look like, but it's going to be better than I look like now. My brain's going to work better. I mean, everything's going to be better. And it's going to be forever. Some of you may be scared hearing that. What are you living for? The world? We're letting trendism rewrite our standards. I've been alive for 65 years. I've been preaching for over 30 years. I'm not the sharpest tack in the box, but I'm not an idiot either. If you live to be 65 and been around the places I've been and done the things that we've done, you learn some things. And God wants us to pass on what we have learned along with this book so other people can get more of a head start than we did. Amen? How many of you ever said this? I wish somebody had told me that earlier. We're letting trendism rewrite our standards. Today's styles, entertainment, recreation, music, even our humor. What do you mean humor? Things we laugh at. We should never laugh at anything that, that the Bible condemns. Amen. Turn that garbage off on the TV, right? I may hear these guys on the radio try to get the news and it's one suggestive thought after another. <clears throat> you know, the, the guys on the news or between the news and, and then they, the, the words they use. I mean, it's... And then they wonder why America... What's wrong with America? <laughs> We've been trended right out of the will of God. We're letting trendism rewrite our standards. Downward influence. Base humor. We ought to be ashamed if we laugh at it. I'm serious. We're going to heaven. We're God's people. Our ways forward, away from Egypt, not back to Egypt. So the first thing is the direction for God's people is always forward. Isn't that good to know? Amen. I don't like getting lost. I got a GPS. That thing's got a mind of its own. It's touch, got the touch pad on it. And man, you're going down the road. I got it in my hand. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going, you know. And then if your finger touches that thing by accident, it hits that somehow something. And my wife says, where are you going? I'm going where this machine tells me to go. <laughs> but God always knows where we need to go. And it's forward. He tells us that. We're losing our Christian identity. Number two, never forget our propensity to lust. That's a bad word, isn't it? But you know it's a Bible word. Verse three, 
Verse 3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust. They shall heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. Somebody that wants to preach to, uh, to make people happy. Itchy ears. In other words, their ears ting. They, they want to hear, I guess they want to, I don't know if I'm talking about hearing amen or a well done or something like that or a raise. I don't, but it ain't what God sent. It ain't what God sent. Never forget our propensity to lust. And I would just say that's a thirst for poison. James 4, 5, the Bible says, Do you think, do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth envy? You know, when I got saved, I wish somebody had set me down and told me that. They say, boy, that preacher's dumb as dirt. Okay, I was dumb as dirt. I wish somebody had told me that there's, even though you got saved and we're going to baptize you, that there's something that still resides inside of you uh, that lusteth to envy and cause you the same problems that you had before. We got a propensity for that. In other words, that's there. And, 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 and this is why we need to always be sure that we're headed forward. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, I had a lady at our church years ago, and she watched that, uh, what was it called, JVC? JVC? Is it JVC? Q? Q? Somebody help me out. The TV's got this thing going on there where you can buy stuff. QVC. That's an honest brother right there. Thank you. Anyway, and, and this was the best man I've had in my church. And I ain't going to stop and tell you a lot about him, but he was a good friend. He worked hard. Man, I want to tell you true blue, and he is one of my heroes. He's in heaven now with his wife. And his wife would watch that TV show, and she loved rings. And one day my wife was over visiting with some of the other ladies, and she took her back to her bedroom and opened her dresser drawer, and man, it's like she was, was, was running a hawk shop or something. <laughs> my wife said, said she, it was uh, uh, just uh, uh, full of rings that she had bought. Now, her husband didn't know it. Some of you smiling, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and, the, uh, and what she didn't know is the husband has just showed me a brand new pair of rattlesnake boots that he had hid out <laughs> in a refrigerator he used for a toolbox <laughs> out in his shop. He said, don't tell my wife about <laughs> They were great people. Country folks that love the Lord. Here's my point. That propensity to lust after something that we see. Everybody in here's got it. Everybody in here's got it. What happened in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1? Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, a brother overtaken in a fault. He quit going forward for some reason. And it's usually because of lust for something. Lust just doesn't mean for a woman or a man. Anything. 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 Anything at all and usually something you shouldn't have. And then the verse comes back and says, ye which are spiritual, restore You see the difference? So I'm, I'm just saying never forget this. Never forget this. Never forget this. Never forget that it might be you. That it might be your child. That you say, oh, it's just a fad. There's nothing going on. You know, they'll grow out of it. Boy, how many times I heard that? They'll grow out of it. They'll grow into it. I mean, the devil doesn't play by our rules. Like right now. He's doubling down. Never forget that propensity that we have that the Bible shows us. Wanting to do what we're not supposed to do. Let me give you a couple more. John 2, 16. For all that is in the world, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. You know how powerful your eyes are? The, how they influence you. I'll set no wicked thing before mine eyes, David said. 
You know how powerful these eyes are? You know what it takes just one look of a picture on a cell phone? We don't want to talk about that, do we? If I had a kid and asked for a cell phone, I'd say no every time they asked me. I, hey, I'm backwards. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to impress you, and I'm not trying to run you off. I'm just telling you, hey, listen, I wouldn't give him a rattlesnake either. A kid. <clears throat> For all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but of the world. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but these things right here are very powerful. It's promoted today. You see these signs for these casinos? I see that one up there at uh, Hardy Street every time I come through, coming down this way. I see it there. And there, man, you can, get, you can win $500, $5,000. You can win an automobile. <laughs> you can win all this stuff. And usually on these advertisements, they've got a little, a little uh, caption that says, how they put it in, in, in intellectual words, uh, it, it, it basically means gamble wisely. <laughs> it's, it's like the liquor companies, you know, uh, drink wisely, right? My folks never drank wisely. <laughs> uh, they drank till their money ran out, like a lot of them do. And, and, and the liquor companies um, laugh all the way to the bank and they're ashamed of their best customer. The eye. The eye. I tell my kids, my grandkids, I try to show them these things. We have a good time. We play ball. We work. I show my grandkids how to work. I had them out there yesterday, yesterday with a shovel. Uh, three of them digging up these sticker weeds in my backyard. They started with one sticker bush. And that thing made seeds and they're everywhere. And they get off the trampoline and they oh, oh, oh. I had them out there digging them up. If I didn't have, if I didn't have them doing that, I'd have them doing something, amen. They, they need to know what, what work is and not just play, uh, to not just be soft, but to have some toughness and, so they can endure and so, so they can follow God the way they're supposed to and be able to say no and endure it. Don't forget what's inside of you. There's a beast that will run your life if you let it, that influence. Finally, I just God gave you all that. And I could have given you a lot more. Not because I'm smart, because the Bible's full of it, amen? This world's full of it. I even go through Hattiesburg. I, I, the little town where I live, we bought 75 acres there. And I sunk my roots there. We sold a bunch of it when I started preaching and then bought it back so we could have some clear area uh, that, we could, that we could see after. And up there, I, I see people sometimes, they like zombies walking around. We got that bicycle trail that used to be a railroad track. And I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a drug route now. See people going through with backpacks and, and all hours of the night and and our buildings up there have been broken into several times, our storefront glass, and the church has been busted out several times, and the building's been rifled several times. And, and, and I see the same thing here in Hattiesburg. People, they're almost mindless zombies. And I wonder what it would take to reach them. Defeating trendism. And this one's short but it's good. And it works every time. Turn to 1 Corinthians 10.
This is just one of many verses there in the Bible, and I'm sure you're familiar with, with, uh, with many of them or all of them. But this one here is short, and it makes the point. Defeating trendism. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. Whether therefore ye eat, or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. Now, God's people, our direction is forward. It's not backwards. It's not to the left. It's not to the right. It's forward. You probably got different ideas about things than I do. Um, and we probably all see some things a little differently in different degrees, right? We're different. Amen? We're raised different. But if we could live a thousand years, I bet we'd be pretty close to believing the same thing in detail. Wouldn't you imagine? If we stayed with it? Defeating trendism. Dear God, does this honor you? Take this book. How in the world do they get so much stuff in this book about everything? There ain't nothing that you need to know between you and God that this book don't tell except for what God don't want you to know yet. And He don't hold anything back that's good and useful and purposeful. And as a child of God with the Holy Spirit living in us, the Word of God, it hits us different than it does the world. So, defeating trendism... There's a story in Acts chapter 19. Paul got, a lot of, wherever Paul went, people got saved. Isn't that wonderful? Wouldn't you love to be like that? And these folks got saved, and it doesn't say how many it was, but it was a bunch of them. And the Bible says that these folks, they grabbed up things in their house. They grabbed, they're called curious books. And you can look that up, and it it reference, can reference to uh, the occult and things like that. But it's any, any book they had in their house that, that dishonored God. It was anything in their house that dishonored God. And I thought to myself, you know, things in our life that, that are trending, and we see things that are trending, and we're good at saying there's nothing wrong with that. We need to find out what's right with it. Right? I could go into dating and a hundred other things and, and, and things that we teach at, at, at the camps and, and trying to put information in kids' hands that they'll have some tools to work with when these crazy emotions begin to hit them and, and they're looking at the world and they're looking at the influence of the world and they're looking at the trends and things. So we try to give them something that train them up in the way they should go and one day most of them will likely get married and, and one day the guys will look at girls and the girls will look at guys and put these things in their hands. Out of the Bible. And it's amazing all these subjects that God talks about. So let's take this Bible, Defeating Trendism. Let's take this Bible... I did this the other day. Let's take this Bible and go through our DVD collections. Don't you just love it? I'm not trying to be smarter than me. I like John Wayne. But I went through my DVD collection the other day and, <clears throat> and I told my wife, I says, we need to go through all these and make sure there's nothing in there that dishonors God. John Wayne, I think he was a patriot. He made a little, I saw some little, little ditty he made before he died, and you know, he was aggravated about what was happening in America back in the 70s. Boy, would he be aggravated now? And John Wayne, he didn't know. 
He was ignorant of it, like a lot of people are ignorant of it. Take this Bible and go through your DVD collection. Liquor. Suggestive language. Inappropriate fellowship between men and women. But you don't understand, I paid a lot of money to get that stuff. We just pick them up once in a while. Harmless Western, right? Harmless 60-year-old Western. And all that stuff's on it. My grandkids didn't need to see that. You know why? It's a little bit of the world sprinkled in their head. Familiarity to those things. Familiarity to liquor. Familiarity to... Uh, uh, relations with the, with the opposite sex that are, that are not just inappropriate, they're downright sin. We, uh, my daughter-in-law likes Lucy. He's getting in trouble now. <laughs> Y'all ready to go home? Give me ten more minutes and I'll be done. I watched Lucy when I was a kid. I didn't, I didn't realize all this, you know, some of the things that I'm fixing to tell you. She played a drunk really well. She was supposed to be drunk on the, drink some kind of medicine and, you know, it would, 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 she'd be inebriated from it. And I was surprised from being a kid to being an adult and being a preacher and seeing some of the things that are on there that, that I don't need to see anymore. I don't need to be reminded that it's okay in a culture to do those things. Take this Bible and go through your DVD collection. If you're serious. If you're aggravated what's happening in America, if you're, ag if you're aggravated about uh, nearly half of the kids in this country being raised by somebody than their birth parents, if you're aggravated about that, then take a stand. Take this Bible and say, God, does this honor you or God, does this dishonor you? Take this book, start the front door. My wife likes to clean house. And for some reason, I just seem like I'm always the guy that gets the rap for making it dirty. <laughs> I told man, I just, I said, what about the four grandkids, amen? <clears throat> well, she gets home, she's been, she's been gone all day. <laughs> start at the front door. What's wrong with this? What's right with it? And you go through your house. You look at the magazines on your coffee table. You go into the kitchen. You look in the cabinets. You look in the refrigerator. Go into the bedrooms. Open the closet doors. Find out what's questionable in there. Amen? I, I've always had to turn my head. Uh, in many places, never thought I'd have to turn it in a church house. I have to turn it in a church house sometime. You say, you're that weak? I say, no. I don't want that wicked thing before my eyes. I don't want it in front of my grandkids' eyes. Now, I'm not pouting here. I'm talking about I've been in a lot of churches. I was in a church in West, uh, West, uh, Key West in 1973. And... Uh, I thought I attended a game show recording in the service. And I look behind me and, and look around and, and, and there's girls in there with my, what my wife called them, and you forgive me if I get this word wrong. A midriff. A midriff. And you know, their belly showing in the church house in 1993. Take this book and go through your house and ask yourself the question. Ask God, God, is there anything in this room that dishonors you? You want a surgeon to operate on you and leave their scalpel in there and sew you up? Or you want to be clean? Who was that? Was that your sister that the surgeon left the earring? Who was 
She ain't going to tell who it was. <laughs> Wonder, what are the earrings? They had to go back in and open her up and find the earrings. She came out of the ER and there was an earring. Would you want an earring left in your belly? I'm just saying, take this book and go through your house. Start at the front door and wind up at the back door. Now, I'm not trying to be smart. Isn't that what God wants us to do? And that will defeat trendism. Ask God. Say, dear God, does this honor you or dishonor you? Now, I want to tell you what. I think, I think if, we re- if we were serious and we prayed and we prayed to God and we asked God, I think we'd be totally honest. I mean, you won't be dishonest when you're praying to God? What am I trying to do? Trying to tell you what to do? You do what you want to do. I'm like, Brother Jeremiah, I'm not the pastor. I love you and care about you, but you do what you think's right. Amen? But as for me and my house, but if you'll do that, and if you kids will do this, if you moms and dads will help the kids with this, some of the ones that do have cell phones, I think it'd do good if you take that verse and make a copy of it and tape it to the front of your cell phone. You can tell I'm not a big advocate of cell phones. They're wonderful tools. Wonderful tools. But they can do horrible damage. It's like a three-year-old with a shotgun. So take this Bible. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about trendism. We're talking about the draft of the world that comes along and just kind of carries us along with it. And don't be shocked that you may have found something inside your heart tonight that may be just a little bit dishonest. I am not insulting you. I'm just saying that there lives within inside of us something that's going to die with us. When this body dies, it's going to die. Amen, brother. And it will be dishonest. It will fudge. But if you'll take this book and you go, let it go through your material things, let it go through your heart, God will show you where the lusts are. And things you're drawn to, like he has me. And then at least you'll know what to shoot at. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.